Hey, sports historians, we're on fire with the uninterrupted series. We're going to keep it coming, this time with Chris McGee. You might know him as Geeter. That's right. He rose from Crespi to Cal State Northridge to the AVP to the Lakers to his ultimate place of honor as a champion of the East Bay 74-28 shootout. Chris Geeter McGee, 87 minutes straight. Let's do it. Geeter, uninterrupted from January 23 of 2020. So we've decided to go um, with the video podcast as well. Love it. And Love it. thus cool. your shot gets recorded, you see. And I now you that. have some talking to do yeah. to my cousin, our so, our mutual associate, Mike yep. Boley. Michael Boley, one of my dear friends. He didn't knock down his shot, Geeter. Which, by the way, bothers him for sure. It bothers him a lot. He's he's called me a few times to say. He wants to reshoot that. Not only reshoot that, but the whole interview. He says, I'll, I'll do, redo the whole interview if I get another chance at that. And I said, well, you look good. We're cleaner. What was Michael's kinda... best sport? Would you say it was baseball? He was really good in baseball. Volleyball? He was particularly good in volleyball, in, um, in tennis. Mm -hmm. He had his most success, but I, I think basketball. basketball. I think if, um, you know, if the right A lot situation... of us growing up in that time, basketball was yeah, our sport. Was volleyball my... was just kind of like, that was my thing after. too. Yeah. Um, I think if he would have been in the right situation, like we went out to College of the Desert mm -hmm. at the same time. And you know who the coach was? Gar Foreman. Really? The general yeah, manager of Chicago of Bulls. He That's was our crazy. coach. And so then it just kind of yeah. didn't completely work out. I remember I tore up my leg and yeah. then just came home and started working. And that's it. And MB stayed out there, I think, for a year playing, but and for whatever reason volley. it didn't it didn't. Um I was oh, I wanted to reference something. See these? Hop champs? I hop yeah. champs. So this is that's some good it. Catholic school ball. Yeah. Because IHOP's not far from here and yep. St. Jerome was hosting a tournament. Yep. That was Marley on my basketball team. Leading us to this championship, I, you know, when before I took so my our shot, producer Marley, yep. Marley was uh, shooting, and I could tell she's obviously baller. was a baller back baller. in the day, and she handed it. She got that assist. She played volley too, a little bit, a little what, bit, yeah, a little bit. More hoops, yeah. There's a yeah, good so story there. Her, her high school coach. What's that she guy was, doing? She now? was clearly. No, she was clearly the best player. It was thought. like Venice High, and he just forgot to put her name on the list. Stop it. And she got a little ticked, and she goes, fine, I'll just start with basketball. And she didn't play. Oh, man. <laughs> Can we go back in time? Hilarious. Hilarious. I have a lot of do-overs. I'm trying to think, Geeter, where you and I might have first met, and it might have been – when I was running over our little AAU beach players to um, to get uh, out on the AVP well, court, maybe? Yeah, but we, I mean, but I you were we knew BBC. each other way before then, but yeah. just didn't, you know, all the connections with the Bowley family and the yeah. Lennon family. And, you know, back in the club volleyball days, uh, I worked with Tim Jensen for years. They were they were Venice Backyard. Yeah. Him and uh, Lee, his wife. And somebody else, who else uh, was there? Jensen was there and... Jared Elliott. And Jared Elliott. They so both Tim Jensen and Jared Elliott started Westside Volleyball Club. Sure. I ended up coming in when Jared moved on to college coaching and ran it with Tim. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. so I'd always come across you then and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah you, when we first started to talk again, was uh, it was actually at Leonard Armato's event, I want to say, the World Series of Beach Volleyball. Series, yep. And you were bringing over the AAU bringing championships over, that would be on center us. court. And, yep. uh, and I would announce them, which I always love to do. No doubt. Uh, no doubt. We had a funny story about that, me and you. I don't yes. know if you remember. Millie's first ever beach volleyball tournament, she was nine years old, <laughs> was right. the AAU Championships. She Millie. lost 21-0 mm -hmm. to a girl named Izzy from Arizona who won that national championship sure. that year. 
Fast forward to last year. Do you remember she when you beat came Izzy. by? Oh, she did? Two years later oh, at the AU tournament. And I went to the dad, and I was like, I was like, man, I just want AM Keeter. He's like, oh, no, you are. We're going back forward. He's like, Izzy beat my daughter 21-0 a couple years ago. And he's like, that was you? He totally remembered. Uh, she ended up, Izzy ended up winning in the finals against Millie in that same tournament. But she did beat her. So I've always told parents, like, it can happen. Well, it, it's, it can did happen. You, did fast. you also tell parents when we passed at that after that twenty one zero? What, what you said? What I say? It's something to the effect of twenty one dick. <laughs> you <laughs> can't even try and do that. <laughs> and I was gasping. I did say twenty one dick. And, uh, and dude, then, I was. They, then, they, yeah. but listen, my wife and, and Matt Boyce. Uh, we, uh, we were playing with Matt Boyce's daughter Taylor. Uh, they didn't want to text me because I was over on the stage. They they didn't. I was getting no updates. They didn't want to tell me it was twenty one zero. And we, you know, it was it's the ten and unders, yeah. and it's a it's a kumbaya. Hey, a year point. later, she lost in that championship match the, to uh, Thais and uh, the um, girl every, from Texas. I, I called that game from the yeah. uh, beach house. Yeah, that was and, actually a really uh, good game, and it was a great game. Yeah, and I remember watching uh, you Layla. were as much as and fun to watch as the players. Yeah, it was. You were, uh, you were pacing a little uh, bit. Oh, everyone was heckling me a little bit. Yeah, it's tough, man, watching your own kid. I can announce anybody's games. Yeah, but it's tough when it's your own kid. Yeah, you know. Um. Speaking of which, born in what, 71 or 72? Born in 71 in the Valley. So uh, 71. Crespi High School, the pride of the Valley. You know who um, who won the NBA title in 71, the year you were born? Well, the Knicks won it in 70. Mm-hmm. The Lakers won it in 72. Very good. Knicks won it in 73. They shouldn't have. Uh-huh. This one, this one's a little off, but it makes sense once you know. I, it, I know, because it's not the Celtics. No. And I just saw this the other day, and, it's driving, and now it's going to drive me crazy. Wasn't the Bucks? Was it? Was it Kareem? It was. Yeah, Kareem. He had just won sixty-eight. Yeah, what? Sixty-eight, sixty-nine, seventy at UCLA or something like that. It's amazing. Or two one year in. By the way, they also snapped the next year the Lakers' thirty-three game win streak. That's right. It was them. That's the. That's that. uh, See that picture to your right? Oh, there it is. So that's one of my favorite pictures because I got it at my favorite eatery, which is is Wiener Schnitzel. Did you know Bill Sharman at all? I'm sure you guys. Yeah, did. What a great man. What a great man. Yeah. And by the way, it's his idea to do shoot arounds. Bill Sharman did a lot for yeah, the sport. Yeah, he, he was a big-time innovator. People don't realize that. You know something else about Bill Sharman? He was called up to the Brooklyn Dodgers as a minor leaguer, and he was on their bench when Bobby Thompson hit that shot. That, By the way, I have heard that. That's wild. I've had heard that. He like, got called up from AAA or something. Their foundation with his wife, Joyce, they honored James Worthy uh, one night. And I, it was when we first started our network seven years ago, and I ended up uh, presenting for James. And I heard that very story. It's so that funny. Wild? I know. That's wild. When I was really little, shot heard around it the was world for that, that for that team. I think eight or nine years old. Yeah. My godfather was really good friends with Bill Sharman, and so we get to go to Laker practices, and they'd have them at LMU. Yeah, that's where they practice sometimes, and we got to go to his house after, which is an apartment in the Marina Towers, and I go in his trophy room while the adults talked. And I mean, being eight all, nine years old, oh my god, old, it's the greatest trophy room uh, of all time. Yeah. By the way, you know who's on this team, and I want to ask you this because Wayne Bully will tell you this, and my dad, by my dad would have been eighty five yesterday. By the way. If he was still alive. Uh, they both said the same thing, and I always told Wayne this. Keith Erickson was the greatest athlete they knew. Did you hear that growing John up? John Wooden said that Gosh. about Keith Erickson. Dude, he was like all-world paddle tennis, tennis, like could have played for the Dodgers, Wild. like shortstop apparently, and like every time, hoops. Every time you hear volley? that. Volley? Which made his the backside of his two two one press click because yeah. Keith Erickson played in that. In yeah. That, so he could gamble and retreat. And it made it uh, that much. One of the nicest guys, too. Such a nice guy. Yeah. So you grew up um, in the Valley. Yeah, grew up out in there. The um, one of the things I think I heard, uh, like you grew up around sports and so yeah. forth, but um, the way you would um, you call your own play-by-play <laughs> in your games, which 
I, that's me. Did I t- told you that? Did that, I tell you that? <laughs> that is my life. I, I do my research. You did, I was going to say. But I, that, Who told you Gator, that? that was my life. Like, yeah, I, would, I know. And man. then you talked about having a, a front yard and a backyard venue. Yes. And I had the same. Yeah. I would only do certain sports in the backyard yeah. and, and then, then some so of the So true. Yard. I had the same thing. And you know what's funny about that? Um, I would do it. I had like a baseball league, a football league, and a basketball league. I had names written down. It was under my bed. I'll never forget. I would do drafts. I had made up guys. And, and when a neighbor would come over to play, I'd be so bummed because it would be like 65, 62 in the fourth. And I would be, oh, yeah, I'm just going to the bathroom real quick. And I'd go and write it down like three minutes left, come outside, play, wow. and I have to do that game over. What I did not know was when I got older, my mom, Lil, she's still alive, and the neighbor Dolly who lived across the street, and Dolly would take care of us a lot. And my mom and Dolly really – they told me like when I was, I don't know, in college, they're like, well, we watched you all the time. We'd, mm-hmm. la- we'd always laugh to each other because you'd be talking. during. I thought no one knew. Mm-hmm. They knew. My mommy said, "They knew. Just watch and enjoy." Yeah. Um, now, did you? Were you on the roster as Chris McGee, yeah. <laughs> or or did you have a, a made up name for yourself? That's I a always, great question. I, I always put myself in no the game against other people. Yeah. no one's ever asked me that. Um, I, I I remember the two best players in the league. One guy's name was Jim, and the other was Washington. And I'm okay. <laughs> Washington. I don't know if like I was watching Welcome Back, Cotter, or what was going yeah. on, but. Um, I'm trying to remember if I would insert myself. Yeah, I was on the team, but I wasn't the best guy. Okay. Like, Jim was the best player in baseball. Washington was the best player in hoops. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. But they both played, you know, you play multiple sports. And and how yeah. did this draft work? Was there a commissioner? Draft. No, it was like, I would, I had a bedspread oh, wow. of all NBA teams, so I would do this, this, and this, and then with baseball, I would just do the same thing. Brilliant. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? But up- football, like, running on my front lawn. And, like, just all of a sudden flying onto Falling. the ground. Like, the neighbors must have Diving. thought, who is this? Yeah. I mean, if there could only be video. Throw it up. Yeah. <laughs> Try to make a <laughs> one-hand catch. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Uh, you know, the game. How far uh, were we throwing it? Like, five yards? We thought it was, I yeah, thought it was like a bomb. I thought but, it was. And, but you, you could practice a lot in your house on your couch, yeah, on couch. Or on your own bed diving. And then you just take it to the outside. You know what's great? My brother's five years older, Matt. We would tell my parents horror stories when we were later in life, like past college and we'd go bring girlfriends home, whatever. And my mom's I'm like, I can't believe you're telling us, but we told them, we're like, when you guys would leave, like the, the, you'd see the car lights go out and gone. It was like clear the living room, carpet football on the knees and Mm -hmm. fights and Mm -hmm. brawls. And I mean, that's when I knew the growing up. I knew, I knew my son was going to be a pretty decent player because we would play on our knees uh, volleyball with like a, one of those yeah. plastic balls you would yeah. get in, in the supermarket. And he would tip over the, the coffee table, and that would be the net. That'd be the net. And then he'd play on his feet, but the rest of us has to play on our knees, and he drew brackets. So I mean, he's got to be God, like six. God, he drew out brackets so that we love would go that. through these brackets. When did you beautiful. start playing? You know, it was always around in my family, in my, yeah. in, in my backyard. You know, always had a net up. So that's the thing. You were around it. Around growing up, all the time, yeah. and so which I think kids so are always now. got touches on the ball and so forth. Now, your first entry, if I'm not mistaken, was at uh, well, if you remember elementary school or something. Right? Well, if you'll remember, um, high school volleyball, everyone didn't have it for boys until '86. I was a sophomore. I mean, you had it out here, Samo, right. Pally. We started a team in '82. Loyal, yes, my senior year. Um, Crespi didn't get it till my sophomore year, but my eighth grade teacher at a small little. Catholic school, St. Catherine's. She name was Saint, Teresa Saint, Godino. St. Catherine of Siena? Yes. Uh-huh. She played volleyball at Cal State Northridge. She was probably 25 years old. 
So she started a, a team so we could be in the Catholic League. And we went all the way to the semifinals. She that taught is, us the right way to so play. what year would that have been? 80? Dude, 85, I want to say. I graduated. So uh, right up, like, 85. O- over there somewhere is about yeah. a team from 86. And I was coaching by this time at St. Mark's School. Oh, my gosh. And, and there's a team up on that board that went yeah. to the finals. And Bob Severtlick. That is amazing. Is, is in the picture. It's like over there. But anyways, Bob Severtlick came to be the celebrity guy that handed out medals. That's awesome. And um, so we went all the way to the finals, 86, and we set one kid the whole way around. Isn't that amazing? Because he could jump and he was good, and the rest of the kids weren't and, that and good. And we just like rotated around. There wasn't like a 5-1 setter coming in. It was like we, we, we rotated all around and just put you in the, the middle, you set. One setter, yeah. and we set the one kid the it, whole time. Oh, my God, that's beautiful. Yeah, so she was awesome, and she so taught who, us the right name? way, technically. Teresa Denton, she got married. Uh, so the married name was Denton. And she um, played a little or something? She played in Northridge, Cal State Northridge. She oh, knew how to play. Her nephew actually played for Pepperdine. Um, Guadino was the last name played for Marv but she she was awesome and she kind of taught us how to play and then fast forward two years my sophomore year and it's why I quit everything else except for hoops like it was football basketball baseball mm-hmm. Crespi and then my sophomore year no more football no more baseball it was hoops and volleyball mm-hmm. and Coach was Kevin Slatham, great guy, and another guy named Kenny Lynch who played with me at Northridge. We uh, we both made the varsity of sophomores. Okay, and but still, it wasn't. I didn't play club. I loved it, but I didn't. It yeah. was basketball in the summer, so it wasn't like I was going to the beach and playing. So when yeah. I started Northridge, I, I was I was behind. Like Matt Unger was a year ahead of me. Guy had been setting a five one his whole life. He had played he played triple A's like I, I didn't know I, anything I was a pretty good player and I had no idea that no club idea. sports even existed no idea I, I didn't know what that meant yeah I just played you know we play this whatever sport was in season yeah and, and especially for boys didn't even know it it's, it's, know. it's interesting Denny my probably best year setting of my life was after college I mm-hmm. was probably 25 and couple years out and was playing in like Balboa Bay Leagues that Charlie Brandt ran and was set real well and they sent a group of us to Columbia uh, to represent the USA because it was a thing called the Pacific Ocean Games and the USA mm. didn't want to send their A or B team. So they said, well, who just won the who just won USA Nationals? And it was the Paul Mitchell guys. So we went and uh, we won the gold medal and I sat and it was funny. I was like, God, I wish... It was like I was finally good and there was nothing to play. I wasn't even playing anymore. It was just like for fun. You know what I mean? Like in college, I was learning the game. Right. In, in a backup. I think a lot of us... So it was um, interesting. You know, like I got... My, yeah. my, my best years were probably 19, 20 years old. Think about it. Could have used that in basketball team in high school. I used to always say this when I started announcing beach volleyball. It always amazed me because back in those days, I just remember the four-man tour was died out. Mm -hmm. And a lot of my friends who were really good volleyball players at like 28 years old, so four years at the AVP, five years grinding, 29, they would retire to go get real jobs. Mm -hmm. And I remember saying like, Man, imagine if MJ had to retire at 28, he'd have one ring. Like, it was just like, in our sport, it, that always bothered me that the best players, so many good players, had to go get jobs at 28 years mm-hmm. old in their prime. In their, yeah, real estate. You're, you're, you're nowhere near what you are at 28, you are at 20. At 22, you're not, you're good, but you're not what you are at 28. No way. Mentally, it's all where the it. physical and it all comes together. So that, that always bummed me out about our sport, and I learned it at a pretty young age. Mm-hmm. I watched all my friends retiring as I was announcing. You played you played hoops at uh, Crespi? Yeah, played hoops all, at Crespi. All CIF guy? All CIF, all no, Valley. you're not mixing up all CIF with all league, are you? All league, all Valley, got it all <laughs> down. I got hoops, volley. Nice. Uh, okay. Went into the Hall of Fame. What was your I, I don't know if with... I went into the Hall of Fame at Crespi because I ended up having a job on TV or if. But all CIF is legit. Now, I, I had um, it all. 
did um, the Carbono, Car- Carbino boys were at Crespi. Carabino. Carabino. They, so, they were really good early 80s when, or, yeah. Chris Nikovich, Joe Carabino, that was part of the team that they were really made good. me fall in love with basketball. Sa- same here. They're, Paul Muff was You're like coach. an eighth grade watching. I was even younger. And, yeah. And that was my how brother yeah. was going into Crespi, and Chris Nikovich was a sophomore. Joe Carabino was a senior. It was the best team I'd ever seen. They lost to, like, Kenny Fields and Vermont Day. And Day. I was Kenny at the game. Fields. I cried. Th- that team... Uh, I know. Cliff Pruitt used to bring up yes, the ball. I cried. Cliff Pruitt was six nine, bringing up the ball. I cried. That was that. No, and that was lost. the best high school team I might have seen up until the Ball brothers were all together yeah, at, uh, at at um, at Chino Hills. Chino Hills, right? Um, but yep. that that Verm Dave team was something else. And I I was at St. Bernard, and we were really strong. Yeah, for for a number of years. And Crespi, we're in the same league. Yeah. And so those those it's just fun. It's so fun when the gym's packed. Gym's it, packed. St. Bernard's actually beat Crespi in an unbelievable game. When I was a freshman mm-hmm. at Westchester High School, mm. and it was a semifinal or quarterfinal, St. Bernard's had some unbelievable teams. Really good teams. Urban um, Day uh, had some great teams. St. Anthony's. Long Beach. Yep, had yep. some great teams back in that day. Those, those are fun days. Um, and you know the, the player that really lit it up for me was Leon Wood. Leon he, Wood? He was playing at St. Monica. Yeah, Leon and Wood. And there was no three-point line yeah. or else he would have put the state scoring record. I know, think well, about that. Well, it's funny, reach. you know, now that LeBron is only – 45 points behind Kobe moving into third place all time. So it'll probably happen Saturday night in Philadelphia. Um, he, uh, we were looking at Kareem yesterday with 30,356 points. And you're thinking Kareem had what? A couple threes in his career. Yeah. He did that with no three point with no three. He wasn't shooting threes. Carl Malone second. Carl wasn't shooting threes. No. So pretty amazing to think how many buckets those guys got. You know, just on the basketball, um, Michael Jordan always, Gets the nod as as the greatest, and I and I got it. now LeBron's getting into that yeah. conversation, but um, I always fight a little bit for Magic Me because too. of how he passed Me ball. Too. But I'm always upset that Kareem's never in that argument. Yeah, you, you, I mean you're not alone. You know who you know who that bothers? Things so far out of reach. You know who that bothers? Who? Guys who played with Kareem. Yeah, like big game. It, it drives big game James crazy. Now big game played with Jordan as well. He tells some great stories. They won a oh, title right, together in North Carolina. Carolina. Jordan's sure. a freshman, but. It's just it, it, it's interesting. Was it because it's not a sexy pick? Like people don't really know how good he was. He wasn't an outgoing personality. Right. Uh, but by the way, he's written thirteen day. books or whatever. So I, you know what I mean. But like mm-hmm. the media didn't love him um, back then because he was tough to get to know. He was guarded. And if you know his story and you've watched it on HBO, then you, you can know understand why. why. And it's 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 silly that I mean they outlawed the dunk basically, right? Well, I mean Kareem was Kareem. And you know that that only set him onto his uh, list as being the greatest scorer, because he he learned to get such touch around the rim touch without having the, to I dunk. Mean, I mean, you cannot. It's funny, like people just say, "Well, why don't you learn the sky hook?" Because it's the most indefensible shot. But here's the thing: like, there's footwork to that shot, mm-hmm. there's technique to that shot, and there's so much repetition that goes in that shot. Guys don't want to put in that kind of work. Mm-hmm. Um, Kareem, it's it's insane to me that he doesn't get that love. By the way, he played in a day where guys didn't play 20 years, and he lasted 20 years. He won, what, two titles after 36 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in the top for blocks, for rebounds, for points all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, six MVPs. And throw six titles. People remember, forget he's got a title. He spent like, you four mentioned years Milwaukee. in college. He yeah. spent four years in college. He didn't get that early start like a lot, of, a lot of the greats did. My dad went to a game you know, back in the day. I'm sure you guys have all talked about this at some point. Um, the freshmen weren't allowed to play varsity. Oh, yeah. So that UCLA team was like number two in the country, and and Kareem beat him as a freshman. My they dad were, was at the freshman varsity were, game. That's an awesome game to be at. That was a de- think about that. He just walked the right defending in. Defending champs. I know. 
So, and that team, I think, went undefeated that Kareem beat. I, I Listen. It's wild. I, I, I think I'll always say as I look up at Jordan, listen, I'm, I'm fine giving Jordan the GOAT because – I don't know. He changed. Mm-hmm. It, he brought the game global. He came at the right time. It was the perfect storm. The internet, mm-hmm. everything was starting to mm-hmm. start. The world was was it was advancing, and I think he was a big part of basketball on the global stage. And so was Magic. Mm-hmm. Um, the six and zero in titles is pretty incredible, and and just mm-hmm. the Nike, everything that came with him. Um, but you better put Kareem at two, or you better have him on that rush more. And I, and I just think it's wrong to not. I, 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 it bothers me. And the you. game is different now. Numbers are different now. So you can't compare. I mean, LeBron's in year 17, never had a major injury. I mean, Kareem, I mean, uh, Jordan played, what, 13, 14 years? Sure. Like two of his best years, he's out playing minor league baseball. Uh, that, um, so. You know, they talk about the Dream Team 92. Yeah. But I was followed closely that 84. That 84 team. Bobby Knight. Because Leon Wood was, yeah. it said, an Olympic Didn't Barkley get cut? Record. There's guys, famous so, guys that got cut. Hall of Famers Bob, got Bobby cut Knight said no more dunking because Barkley was dominating the trials. Yeah. And on the very next transition, Barkley dunked and looked and right was, at night. That's and that so was funny. Like his last time. That's it. Know. Yeah. That team had Ewing. They had everybody. MJ. That's um, a, yeah, that was, that, I loved that. That team, I thought was. Loved that team too. I'm, I'm. I'm with you. 92 is always special because it was the first dream team. But if you picked a best all-time Olympic team before they were pros, it's, I, I don't know how you would compare to 84. You can't. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I, I'd like to see how many future Hall of Famers are on that team. There's a few. So you finish up at Crespi. You go to Cal State Northridge. Uh, yeah. So I was being recruited at Crespi for basketball. Okay. And I actually quit volleyball my senior year really? for one day. Oh. And I always credit Kevin Slatham, uh, the coach, um, I'll never forget this. Paul Muff was the Paul Muff who passed away in 1994 was Joe Carabino's coach. He was my he, I was his last varsity basketball player. Okay. The last MVP he ever gave was to me, so I always take wow. a lot of pride in that. Paul was really helping me get into uh, colleges to play hoops. So I was being recruited by a lot of the D3s and D2s mm-hmm. and uh, LMU was the only D1 that really I took a visit and said hello and uh, it was more of a walk-on opportunity. Um, so I was really into trying to play basketball. And I just couldn't focus on volleyball. And, and I went to Coach Slatham and I said, uh, Coach, I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go for this college basketball thing. And I just wanna I wanna thank you for everything. But and we we were tight. Like he was he was a great man. And he, and he was like, oh, like Kevin was like, take a week, <laughs> take Smart. a week, and let's talk. One day. Mm. And I don't remember why it was that day. I went home. I was bored. Whatever it was, I went back to him the next day and said, I'm in. That's and and Kenny Lynch got recruited, and I got recruited with Kenny to Northridge, uh, and I met John Price. Came home and told my parents, "I'm going to Northridge." They're like, "Hold on, hold on, all this work they're sending me to classes to get the ACT up, yeah, everything, <laughs> everything. I'm on. I'm going to Northridge." Going to, yeah. John Price, yeah, I met jump, him. Jumping sports. I met my soulmate. Oh wow, smart coach too, because you know, totally the, the mind of an athlete, uh, at least a, a top athlete. Like, you have to understand that yeah, and, and let that take its course and then hopefully bring it back on. But if you're the coach and you say, make up your mind now or this door is closed the second you go out, mm. if, you, well, if you've got a good athlete on your hand who's got a strong mind, they'll walk out that door. Denny, I'm sure you would feel the same way in your life. You've, you've probably had a lot of you know fortunate circumstances and people that backed you. When I look back on my career in TV, but my career growing up in sports, and I, and I mentioned Teresa Denton, Kevin Slatham, Paul mm-hmm. Muff, John Price, my college coach. I've been really lucky. Like, those people took care of – like, they put me in good positions. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I, I think that helped me. And, and it's the same Heck thing yeah. with TV, like uh, Steve Simpson and Tom Fuhrer taking a liking to me at Fox Sports and John Hefner and all these guys. And then it's, you know, uh, Billy Mack and Jim Watson, broadcasters, like, taking you under their wing. And Lou Riggs, who probably taught everybody that's ever been a broadcaster. All these people put you in a position. And and it sets you up for success later. Yeah. Especially, your, I think, your experience at Cal State Northridge. Um, as for I was sure. looking into that, you learned to be a team player there. I had like, to be. You, I mean, you, listen, uh, I was a star like everybody else when you go to college. I, I was mm-hmm. a star in Little League and uh, a star on my basketball team and volleyball team when I was at Crespi. And then I go, and I was not a star at Northridge. And, and I'm a role player at best, uh, a backup. Um, but what was interesting, I'll never forget, um, I had this picture and we all used to get in the stance. We'd be down in the stance when we needed to decide out. And I, and I remember I had it on my wall for a long time. It was just a little Polaroid, but it was me and the six, seven guys that were down the line. And I remember showing this to people later going, okay, that guy was the CIF Player of the Year. That guy was the City Player of the Year at Chatsworth. Mm-hmm. This guy was the play. And I'm like, everybody on this bench is all world. You know what I mean? So yeah. all everything. So that's what you I, – I, I think it helped me coaching-wise for sure uh, understand – uh, that role player, mm-hmm. that bench player, I, yep. what they mean to a team. Um, I was voted captain at Northridge, and I wasn't even a starter. Um, that was, you know, in my sophomore year, junior year. That so that you know, I guess when I look back, I go, I must have been doing something right. Um, and that's where you met that. Matt Unger. Yeah, so Matty O was a year ahead of me. Coley okay. Kyman was my year, mm. and the three of us were best friends, still are today. And uh, Matt. Has Matt actually got me the job basically at the AVP because he was playing? He, so, he, he, so Matt was a huge. And by the way, Matt and I would go watch film my freshman and sophomore year at Price's uh-huh. house and stuff and office. And Matt's the one who taught me everything about setting. Matt, we used to uh, he used to play. In You've the, known him in forever. The backyard championships. Yeah. He went by Matt Anger. There. Yeah, Matty. <laughs> Matt Anger. Matty O is he, uh, he a low, fiery. He, he was fiery. You got to remember. So Matt, for those people that don't know volleyball, Matt was an under was a small setter. Yeah. from Pally High School and a phenomenal player and was told by his so his brother was two years older went and played for Kenny P at uh, Santa Barbara Kenny said you're, Matt you're never going to play college volleyball you're too small didn't get scholarship offers uh, was just going to go play beach because no one wanted him and John Price mm-hmm. called him like two months before school started and said love to have you love to give you a scholarship and, and, and it, you know what John saw something and that guy without him we don't go to the finals mm-hmm you know, Matt was location-wise as good as any setter. Canyon, good as all of so them. So you go to the finals in 90... 93. 93. Yeah. And that's when four teams would make the finals. Yeah. And then it would be like a round robin? No, you know or, what we did or what then? Would it be? I'll tell you what we do. So <clears throat> it, it's funny. It changed all through my, my years. My my freshman year, they it was called the Weva. And, and, and we had an eight-team playoff. And the winner got to go to the final four as the West Coast rep, the oh, winner of that playoff bracket. The second-place finisher <clears throat> would be voted in, they said, as the fourth team. Right. It was the first year of rally scoring in the fifth game only. They put a, oh, I, you, I don't know if you know this. They put a cap on it for only one year. 1990, there was a cap. Okay. We lost to USC, who won the national championship, 17-16 in the fifth. We, that, we served. They cited the out through Neil Kaufman's hands. Leon DeRocher put it through his wow. hands on a D. And and they won seventy six. There was no yeah. Can you imagine so, that? So that'll never. That game's be, not. I always tell Brian Ivy that game's not official. That that'll oh they'll be the only seventeen sixteen the final his, ever in the history of. So that was volleyball. quarterfinals, and they went on to win the national championship. The next year they changed it to the fifth game. You have to win by two. So it was regular scoring, side yeah. out score until it got to the fifth game, and then it yeah. was rally. And our we went. So we lost our first year to SC. 
Then we won that next year, went to the second round, lost. Then we went to the, our third year. We beat Long Beach State, was number one in the nation, lost to Stanford to go to the Final Four, and then finally in our fourth year, we went all the way to finals. Back then, you, so we played Penn State first. Mm-hmm. UCLA put Ohio State. And what's funny is to become friends with all these guys later in life and play on the St. Paul Mitchell teams and mm-hmm. Beach and all this stuff, you learned how they did and how we did it. We didn't know. We had never been to the Final Four. We spent all week on Penn State, mm. all week, and we drubbed them. Al Skates and them never looked at Ohio State one time. All oh. they did was work on Northridge. And they had a better plan, and they came in. We were at Pauly, by the way. At Pauly. Seeley and them kicked our ass. Mm. They were just mm. too good. But I look at that team now, and I'm like, of course they beat us. It was, they had like seven Olympians. <laughs> I mean, Stein was on the bench. <laughs> they had Nygaard, <laughs> yeah. Eric Sullivan, yep. Kevin Wong, all Olympians. Unreal. Yeah. Wow. Seeley. You still remember that, uh, that game? March eighth, nineteen ninety three. That's the day I started drinking. No, I'm just kidding. I always say <laughs> that. But uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's so interesting how um, accelerated athletes are. Almost yeah. any athlete, you you certainly win. You you remember your wins, but it's those Dude. championship losses. Dude, you remember that's that stick with you. you um, I was interviewing Jerry West at the oh, school. Oh, Jerry's torture. And he goes, he goes. There's not a day in my life I don't think about the 1959 NCAA finals. Because West West Virginia way, lost to Cal. By the way, NCA. Yeah, not a, not a day in my life. Oh, I know. And he was MVP of of the Final Four, just like he was in '69 of the NBA Finals. I think he's the only guy to Denny, ever be on the think losing about team. This. Think of all the losses to the Celtics. Every single one of them. If he wins three of the eight, he's an all. He's he's already an all time. But you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. he, it's different. Like like I'll never forget '85. It's funny. And I don't know if you've heard this from guys you know, but. When I started working at the network is when it, I, I really realized it because Byron and James, they all said the same thing. The ring they all covet the most is 85. Pat Riley will say mm-hmm. it. Vidi will say it. Exercise the demon. Because of what it meant to everyone before them. Oh. And I'll remember my dad how much it went. I mean, so much I, I, mean I, I mean, I remember beating the Celtics now. Great it was. But 84 was more gut-wrenching than ever. Like, they, James threw the ball away in game two to go up 2-0. Like, he still talks about it. If they didn't he, pull Rambus back, Rambus would have. You know, you know what I asked Mikhail him? would have been. You know what I asked him? So the other day, they're playing the Celtics. And I said, I said, it's a fish, too. I said, what are your two greatest memories? Boston. He goes, losing mm. in 1984 mm. and then winning in 85. Because in 84, it's, I mean, like, those guys, they don't forget. And James is like, that was my fourth ring. We had, like, we were going up 2-0 to go home. We would have been up 2-0 at home. Like, I, it, so you goosebumps talking about, but, like, all those guys, man, it's like, it's, uh, you, it's pretty um, amazing. We're talking about you, you know, learning to be a team player at Northridge and stuff. Yeah. But you also were, uh, I think, in training to be who you are today as an yeah. announcer. Because what did you form? The Matamaniacs? Matamaniacs like back athletes, in the day. Instead of the Matadors. Yeah. people would Man, rally you really do you. your research. Uh, that was Coley Kyman as well and Matt Unger. And you know how that started was we lost a bet my freshman year that the coaches made. Basketball, Pete Cassidy, John Price, they made a bet. They said... Uh, We'll play in a softball game against each other in the fall before the seasons had started. And then the, uh, the losing team has to throw a party for the other team and dress up for one of their games. Oh, we great. had a lead going into the last inning, the ninth, and lost, which, by the way, still haunts me to this day. But That's it was meant to game. be gotcha. because the basketball team wouldn't have thrown a great party like we did, mm-hmm. and they wouldn't have been able to do what we did. We then fast-forward two months throw the best disco party in the history of Cal State Northridge in that night. So we were all in our disco gear. We went to the game. Okay. And 
and I just let it. Like we just ran in and started. I started doing cheers and all this goofy stuff, and it was Madam Maniacs were born. They still do it now. They still do it now. They still do it now. And do they call it Matamania? Yes. That is. Athletes now, still do it. That's legacy. Right? <laughs> that's legacy. That's better than a statue. Oh, that's awesome. Better than a statue. That's, that's awesome. beautiful. Oh. Um, and then something else happened that I found, yeah. which I know has been seen, but uh, yeah. I want to make sure we can break oh, this down. I, now, I have a feeling. Given that. Um, is this Bob Barker involved? It, it sure yeah, is. Yeah. Now, given that uh, we're an audio and a video podcast, I'll make you, you know, comment on the play-by-play. The play-by-play here is is, um, because I can give you – there's a long version, but I'll give you a much shorter one So uh, for podcast sake. Yeah, so it's it's Price is Right. So it's Price is Right, and I'll give you the quick – let me give you the lead-up to this moment because it's important. Okay. Okay, so a guy named Pete Michelli, who's who's a big-time agent, another guy named Darren Jones. You'll see them at the front because without them, I don't win. The TV always goes to them, and they're the ones giving me the numbers. Yeah. They watch the prices right every day. Got it. They ordered these tickets, 15 of them. Okay? So I'm going. Coley's in. Got a couple guys. We we do a draft because we're like, listen, we only got 15. We got 80 guys who want to go, and there's like there's eight that are going. I mean, okay. you know, yeah. the, 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 you know we're, we're going. We're seniors. We're, you know, it's, our, it's, our, it's, our, it's our time. We do a draft. We get 15 guys. Of course, we, we, we rig the draft so our boys go the whole time. But So we get up at 4 in the morning. We're, we're, and listen, I'll say it now. Listen, Mo, Mom, I'm sorry. We're drinking 40s. <laughs> we're, we're getting out there, and we're there. And to this day, I don't know why I was the first guy called. Apparently, they have people out there. So we're out there for three hours. And you're entertaining, and, I mean, aren't but you? But all of our guys are. We've st- we got everyone doing the national anthem, 500 people. And I remember walking... And a lady stopped me and asked me a question about our group, and I told her about the the earthquake had just happened. So oh, I, I and, and I don't, yeah. but but then again, we're lined up, and you're lined up 400 people in a line, and a guy named Phil is in a chair just like you are with two Barker beauties on his side, and he's got a he's got a thing right before you walk in. He said, "What's your name? I'm Denny Lennon from blah 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 Venice Backyard Championships." And he, well, whatever you want to say, and. I'm like 13th in line of my guys, and my guys are given the funniest. Coley Kaim goes into his ankle, and all the guys, he goes, what's your name, and uh, what do you do? Uh, why do you want to be here? Whatever he said to me, I go, I go, my name's Christopher Joseph McGee, and I just came to play ball, Phil. <laughs> That's all I said. Solid. That's all I said. Concise. And I'm like, what does that Funny. even mean? Walked in. This is a true story, and you're going to see this in a second. And this, is- this is a true story. We're there. And, every, and the guy comes out, Roddy, or whatever his name is. He's telling you, like, hey, don't touch Bob. He's fragile. He's going through the whole thing. And he's like, listen, it's going to be really loud. And first of all, you're in this, like, studio, and you're like, it looks so big on TV. It's like six feet. The ramp is, you know. So I'm like, we're all sitting there, and everyone's raging. And all of a sudden, he's like, it's going to be really loud. So the, the, the ladies will, will put up a board. You'll see a name. So make sure you look if you don't hear me because it's going to be electric in here. He's telling us. And a girl drops, the, and she drops a board. The cue card? And all I saw was ER, just ER. It's a true story. And I thought, Christopher McGee. <laughs> and I swear to God, I sat down, and I got the gnarliest nerves I thought I was going to throw up. Wow. And Keith Gibbs, basketball player, standing next to me. I grab him. He's like 6'8", but I grab his leg because he's standing still raging. I go, dude, I think they're going to call me. And he's like, what? <laughs> and, dude, I'm, I'm like, Denny, I am in a full panic. And here's the deal. You'll see this. When they call me, everyone thinks I trip. That's a Chevy Chase fall. Do you remember Chevy used to fall? Absolutely. Every single Saturday Night Live to open yeah. the show. Gerald Ford. That was my thing in college. Be. I would always fake fall. 
Chevy Chase. We loved him. So that's why oh, we have Team Fletch for 25 so years. Six, so the night before, we're raging, and everyone's like, what do you do if you get called? And everyone's talking, and I'm like, dude, for sure, Chevy fall. So when I get called here, you'll see me. That's a fake fall, and you see that old guy try to get me, and I popped up, and all of a sudden, I was like mad at me. That's why I'm break mad at I just started breakdancing. Dancing? The this whole time. is so good. Yeah. God, that's deep intel. <laughs> that is deep intel. So you'll see. Like a, so I'm the first name called in the whole show. Yeah. Christopher McGee, Here come on comes. down. And I was right. They're going to find me. Here I come. Fake. Fall. Boom. I'm on the ground. That oh, guy, guys, no will get me. Way. I pop up. Yeah. Now it's like, oh. Yeah. I lawnmower like down. Next thing you know. Like yeah. There I go. And what's uh, and now I'm just like third base coaching it, waving people down. If you see, uh, they'll show oh, me a little that's bit. So oh good. yeah, I'm waving her down. Now I'm dancing with her and hugging. And her. it was cold out because yeah, apparently. But by the way, biggest goof ever. I'm wearing jorts and a sweatshirt around my waist. Mm -hmm. Still get heckled thirty years later. I, I would, yeah, yeah, I would. I don't care. Lie. I was gonna lay off of that. Yeah. Um, so we move forward a little move bit. Move forward uh, uh, way later in the show because I can't win anything. Right. Uh, I win a Murray Feist three piece lamp set. I just go one more dollar than this lady, so, fifty-one Bob. And he is getting Bob Barker. And by the way, is if you're listening to me, because yeah. he keeps going, this he's is going to last forever. He's you know? And I'm like looking to my guys because I'm clueless on everything. Like, but you got like you. Got these are all Barker. my guys. Yeah, Bob. And by the way, I'm calling him Bob. And I don't know if you know this, but yes. uh, there was a great movie when you and I were kids, The Blues Brothers. Yeah. And Dan Aykroyd. Hey Bob. Hey, Bob. Yep. So that's why I'm calling him Bob the whole show. Oh, <clears throat> Seven fifty-one. Murray Feist three-piece lamp set was with me for 11 years until my fiance, with who's now my wife, years. made me throw it out when we moved in together. So you come up. If those lamps could tell stories. And they're going to, what's this? This is too good. That's a Mercury Grand Marquis. And, and really? Yeah. Did that's, you drive this around? So, so I don't know in this version because it's totally edited. My buddy put it up. But you'll see. So, so you keep changing this the This is numbers. how clu clueless I am. So my wife knows I, this show. I went like to 39,000. So my first bid is 39,000 yeah. for a Mercury. For, and that's, that's wrong. It's a $10,000 yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think I'm winning because there's no beep, there's no buzzing. So watch. like, He's like. So watch. I think you'll, you'll, you'll see this. This is the best part of the whole show. I'm, when it gets to zero here, I start jumping around. Oh, and I'm celebrating. Brilliant. I haven't won anything yet. And I come back, and Bob's like, where are you going? And I lean in. I go, I'm just heading for the car, Bob. <laughs> and I switch the numbers. And So right now, I'm, so, I think, So yeah. you're switching these uh, yeah, numbers switching through. the numbers. And you'll see Pete and Darren there. This They're helping so me good. out. When Karch Karai got a hold of this, by the way, yeah. he, he went up. He, he couldn't believe it. Everyone, you know, yeah. eight years after I'd done it, someone finally told him, yeah, that, look at me jumping around. There I am jumping around like a complete jackass. <laughs> you haven't yeah. done anything. Heading for the car, Bob. I, I thought you just were I say, he's heading for the car, Bob. And he goes, don't head for there yet. <laughs> head, we're on our way, Bob. Heading for the car, Bob. Oh, man. So real quick, Karch grabs the mic at an AVP event to the whole crowd before the finals and tells the story and then puts it on the jumbo <laughs> Tron. So every, every few years it just pops up. Oh. I thought. Okay, I, so, I'm, so I'm all freaked out. I got, so I have two numbers right, which you don't see that part. So I have to change three numbers. So, so I changed the nine, I'm sorry, a seven to a nine. I changed the three to a one, seven to a nine. And now this is where it's a miracle. I think Pete, my, some, we, we're still trying to this day figure out like who, who got me. We think, we think I, I accidentally back into the second eight to a six. I would, I would say this yeah, is the like, beginning of your broadcast career here. Right here. Because you're owning the stage, it, 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 right? It, and, and here it goes. So, I mean... Sweats around the races is really an awful yeah. look uh, with the jorts. 
But now, now we're getting close. So now I'm starting to get get that nervous feeling again, Dan. Yeah, here it comes. And now, now, now it's coming. I'm going to go into a coach's stance. So the, the, we used to go into so coach's stance whenever we needed a side out on the sideline. I would get our whole bench to do this. <laughs> so now I'm in a coach's stance, and now I win. So good. So here's the thing. Don't I tell Bob, Bob. I look at Bob, and I go, I'm going down. And I go down to the ground, and I do the windmill <laughs> kick, and he has no – he could not believe it. And then I go, mashed potato sprinkler straight into a handshake, which oh. looks like it was coordinated. It was just one of the luckiest things of all time. Oh, that – well played. Thank you. Well played. So the funny thing about this, after I'm sitting there on Golly. the side, you don't get to go back with your crew. If, 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 we, have, if we have people that Daddy. are just watching yeah, – They're going to go nuts. Uh, on, uh, I mean, are just listening – it's important that they look that up. Yeah. It's just, you just go Geeter. Price is right. Price is right. When, when I won, you then go off to the side. I'm not with my boys for the next hour and a half, right? And um, the, the lady comes over to me and she goes, what do you do? And I'm like, um, well, I just got done playing volleyball in Northridge. I'm a waiter. I have three calendars. And, uh, and she's like, uh, Bob just wanted you to know that was incredible. Bob, I'm like, sweet. That's awesome. And they had me sign some things. You know, I walk out, and the whole next show knows I've won, and I got the pink slip to the car, and I'm running high-fiving 500 people. There was no cell phones that day. So I pulled over to call my mom and dad on a payphone. Oh, wow. And my mom's like, you didn't go to class? I'm like, no, shut up. Listen. I want a car on The Price is Right and a Murray Feist three-piece lamp set. <laughs> we went back. A um, couple of the young ladies that, that you see on the show, we'll tell you about this later, off air, we they came to back to Northridge to party with us. Oh, we had the greatest fun. party of all time that night. But everyone thought I was rich. Wow! So I was buying. I didn't have any money except tips from no. the counters. But I thought I was rich. Hey, so I slip. got the car. Do some betting. Sold it for oh. sixteen thousand. Paid four thousand taxes. Walked away with twelve grand. Okay. And it aired the day we all graduated. So back at our condos where we lived, there was like eight families all came over to our house. Probably had seventy people in our condo. Because we had had to tape it because we were graduating and watched the Price memory. is Right. What a great memory. Wait, on that show, did you get to the showcase showdown? No, Frank from Florida spun a dollar. Oh, yeah. okay. Now that me. Mean, that'll mean something, but that, my, my wife, Christine, is like, ask him if he got so, to the showcase And by the showdown. way, ironically, Darren and Pete helped that guy, Frank, which would have been me, win the double because they knew they were oh, they within $1,000. Yes. They're like they, they carried him. And he won the whole both. He won a motorhome, oh, and uh, so we, the, the whole thing has been. People don't realize, but they've all the fifteen of us. Those guys have this gone is... on for the last twenty five years. Going, dude, if Geeter had gone to the showcase, we would have won a motorhome. I mean, dude, dude, you should have seen the gifts I'm, back then. We're gonna go deeper into that. We're gonna. Do, we're gonna do a series. <laughs> Just, we're I, you know, what I've always thought. By the way, What's I don't that? know. I've always thought one day I would be the host of Price is Right. Mm. What a story that would be. That would be guy wins a car. That would be full first time ever on TV. And he ends up being the host. And you're so fortunate because Bob didn't. How long did he last? Oh, man, Maybe like another. Time, dude, he did. He well, I, don't, I mean, who, Drew Carey does it. Who does it now? Drew? Yeah, but wow. But you were there in the heart of it. Heart of it. People are loving that. Uh, I was there. Yeah, that was '94. That is something. Some stuff started to come out right after Bob got in a little. Yeah. Well, hot water. But he he made some ground with the animals. He so did. That's he good. did. He so did. that's loved, good. Love the love the animals. You know, it's like you get in trouble. Neuter your pets. You, yeah. And you wanna you put you put out a lot of good content to yep. beat down the bad content. Exactly. That's what Bob did. That's what Bob did. Hundred percent. We'll give him that. You're doing a lot of coaching uh, concurrent yeah. while you're at Northridge, right? Yeah, so I was. You, uh, you got you got coaching. pulled in when you're still yeah. at Northridge. Man, 18, I started young. Eighteen too. years old. Yeah, I started real young. Yeah. Assisting at club for JOs and all that stuff, and I went back to my old high school and helped uh, Coach Slatham, who I mentioned before. I was kind of destined to be a basketball coach at Crespi. That's my job was lined up. 
Paul Muff had basically hired me. Um, I was a senior at Northridge. I was graduating in six months. I was going to go back and be the freshman basketball coach. And Paul passed away uh, late January of 1994. And that, and, and that really affected you? It did. I never went back on that campus, which was really weird, mm. um, until... And he was your coach for four years, right? Or three no, years? only two, oh. but he was just very instrumental, he was like, he and he was, was my guy. Head. But I would go back and coach every summer after that so right. for his camp. And what was ironic about it all was he dies. Um, my volleyball career ends up at Stanford. We lost to Pepperdine mm. in regionals. I cried my eyes out. My mom had to come get me out of the locker room, and it was my last ever sporting event. Mm. And it was Tim Jensen and Jared Elliott. Jared Elliott was a very good friend of mine mm -hmm. at the time. And Jared, said, Jared was coaching at Marymount. He wasn't at... SC and then Texas. And he said, uh, dude, my buddy Craig Forsyth can't coach this 17s team anymore. Mm -hmm. Can you come coach them for the last two months and take them to the festival? Mm. And I went. I got it. I, dude, I couldn't even get off the couch. And those girls, I credited them. They rallied me. I went, and I fell in love with coaching. We had a great run at festival. And I next year I was coaching with Tim and Jared, and I never looked back. That's why I didn't go to Crespi. Wow. I ended up going to – Tim got me a job at Campbell Hall. And I was at Campbell Hall. Next time I went to Crespi was four years later when Campbell Hall, we went and smashed Crespi. Okay. Yeah, you went, went back in. Yeah, went back and beat him. With the, you know, it's, it's interesting because um, I've seen different parallels. Um, you, you did the same thing I did with Little, mm -hmm. calling yep. down games, that kind of stuff. But, I, you know, I lost a, a really close friend when I was like 19. Yeah. You know, it changes things. It's a difficult time to deal with that because you're not yeah. fully developmentally 100 and so you don't understand all of it but the one saving grace was i was coaching at the time yeah and for some reason that kind of spirit of athletics yeah you know help 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 you, the whole process jenny you knew mike whitmarsh i mean mike was mm. one of my best friends in the world mm -hmm. uh and karch uh very tight with mike i mean we all were and uh he was a guy i talked to every day mm -hmm. and when he passed away it, you know that's what uh 10 years ago now i mean i it's affected me to the, you know, to this day. Like, so it doesn't even matter. Like 19 is so young to lose someone. So is 31. So yeah. is 40. It's man. It's crazy when you lose that, that guy or 19 yeah. is way too young Yeah, to, to, to lose a buddy. So you're, you're hooked on, um, on coaching and, and I think around, that was my path around, um, what? <clears throat> 95. Yeah. So you're hanging with your boys in Cabo. Yeah. Hang with that. <laughs> and they you throw, did do your and, and, and they throw you a mic. Yeah. Threw me a mic. Um, because it's a, what is it? A, it's kind it of was a, a six-man tournament. Fe oh. One female, five guys. Easter weekend, AVP had a break. Okay, I went down for the first time. They throw me a mic. Our team had already lost. I was on a team with like Parker Blackman. That's my first time meeting him. Mm -hmm. All these volleyball guys are down there. I mean, Steve Timmons is down there. Witty's down there. Dodd's mm -hmm. down there. I'll jam. I mean, everybody having a good time and having a great time. And and I was out in the water. And a couple guys came out there and go, Gita, they need a guy to announce. You're I never only announced a year in my life. Moved from the prices, right? Never announced. Never announced my life. Grabbed the microphone and just started like doing the Macarena was new. Started doing that. <laughs> I learned it one night that on that trip. So I did that at the break. Uh, I was just drinking, doing all different voices, Marv Albert or whatever. You know, I mean, I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. Um, and uh, fast forward. Um, so for a couple of years, I started then doing Billy Burger. Had a little tour. I would help out. Wow. Small oh. time announcing. Fast forward two years, and uh, Jim Mariko and Sam Lagana, both their wives were pregnant. They weren't going to be able to do every tournament. And these are the AVP. AVP announcers, sorry. Pro yes. domestic. Yeah. yeah. Pro, they were the AVP announcers, MCs. Mm -hmm. And John Stevenson, who, who passed away not too long ago, Johnny the Steve ran the AVP. He was looking for someone else to help. And Matt Unger and Kevin Martin were like, our boy Geeter would be great at it. And he goes, Geeter. Huh? Yeah, he goes, Geeter, Kevin Martin. He goes, who, Geeter, and there go, he was the guy in Cabo, and John Stevenson was there. He goes, I, I love that guy. 
So I went and met John. Jim Rico came and met with me, and I met Jim. Jim and I talked in the parking lot for about an hour and a half, and Jim let me go on tour with him, basically, and taught me everything. Jim uh, was also a lawyer, right? Yeah, still and is. He's an attorney, and, yep. um, but he would do this on the weekends. Do it on the weekends. I knew him. And Sam had been the longtime voice, too, and, so and they, knew, they would I knew, split. I knew, bo- I knew both yeah. Sam and Jim because I was the WPVA yeah. guy. Yeah, of and, course. And they were the AVP. Yeah. And they would split that tour, and I always used to envy that they didn't have to go to every event. Oh, yeah, because they could split. Because on WPVA, yeah. I had to go to every yeah. one. And Sam was our announcer at Northridge. He worked at Northridge. And now Sam is what, the announcer for the Rams at the Coliseum? Yeah, yeah and he works at Pepperdine. And Pepperdine, yeah. Uh, That's a great fundraiser. So, so, so you grab the mic and, grab and, the mic. and you hit a big there, and then and then you're, uh, you're learning under Jim. So here's something crazy. that is interesting to me. Obviously, you're learning, and you're getting opportunities, and you're getting those reps. I always, yeah. I always credit those reps because you, you, for so long in the course of a day, yeah. have to speak correctly. Correctly. Because and, you're in a and microphone. It's not play-by-play per se, but it is, if it, that makes sense. You're not concise. on TV calling a game, but you're doing play-by-play. And in between the serves. Color commentating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you got to do it in between serves because you you're not supposed to interrupt. One of the things, and then, then of course, our big moment as yeah. MCs is the introductions. Introductions. So the introductions so come, and I just followed in line with my uncle, who was the boxing yeah. announcer, Jimmy Lennon. Yeah. And basically it was like, from ding-ding, from this, from yeah. this, from this. It, everyone's Please got their welcome. style. Now you... Have a lot of moxie, my friend. Yeah, you kinda, kinda have a lot it of chutzpah. A, it it might have. It, it probably how, helped me. How did you? It got me every up job. With all of this. It might have got me every job. Yes. I, I mean, if you think about it, it's the only. It's it's it was, just, it was what people knew. I I, I it's you know a stream, uh, for for people who haven't heard you do he, he, heard you do introductions for AVP. Yeah. One, they got to look it up. Two, I'm gonna play yeah. one. I'm gonna play just a quick one yeah, right yeah. here. So so we kind of but um. It's a stream of consciousness. You know, it's you funny. It, it doesn't started, seem like you could plan these the things. The first time I ever went down there and did it on the sand was maybe year two. Well, in year one, I would go down with Jim. He would be up top, and I'd be down low, and I'd be yelling at everybody, and I would just break dance and have some fun and worm and do all this stuff. The next year, we were at Louisville, Kentucky at a bar, and there was a court in the middle of the bar, uh-huh. and the bar surrounded the court, and it was an eight-team thing, and Hav were all there raging. And I forget, they, it was the finals. It was witty, witty, and Canyon versus uh, Dax and Todd. And they're like, go down, go down on the sand and do the introductions. And I went down on the sand. And all of a sudden the TV camera was on and I was yelling in the camera. And I introduced the guys. Because I used to do intros and I knew them all. So I would go. My whole thing was just go. And I would yeah. long intros like this, this. And I knew stats. It's, it's from the years of uh, calling my own games in the backyard. Like so I had all these things in my head. You would... You'd get very close to him. Oh yeah, right, right in the right face. Him. And that's, it just. That's, but by it the way, just so takes a that, lot of guts. In to that, do that moment, I don't think I ever. I rarely ever did a final not on the sand again because TV was like, oh, we're gonna start doing that. And then it became part of the show. And then it became like t- players would come out and dance so, with me. I mean, it just it took a life of its own. So the uh, the one it got I, me the, on the, the to the Olympics. The one I like is this one in Chicago. Yep. And and it's a oh, David so Bowie song's playing. Can I can, can you, I tell you about this real quick, please? So, this. So, so, so I'm just I'm so pause you know, it, but you under said pressure, yeah. I would do this before game threes in the final. Oh, I see. So, game threes in the final, okay. I loved this song. And it just started as a rant one time. Jeremy played it, and it took a life of its own where people would get to the finals and they'd be like, dude, you didn't do under pressure. So, I started like, oh my God. Because like, you got to kind of. So, mm-hmm. when game threes would come in a big moment, that I would sit on this stage. Is it. I yell at Lance Briggs here from the. Uh, Chicago Bears. Yeah, and so you got a couple of Bears, and this is what yep. you do so well is 
um, you, you will just start working the crowd yeah. while you concurrently introduce. Yep. And while you will give them a little tidbit of yourself, yep. I think you say something to the effect here. You want to learn about under pressure? I'm the one who's got a little baby. Yeah. And, a, and, a pressure, and these people are going to be standing behind me. It's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> he starts laughing because I talk about him losing the Super Bowl. He's dying. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the whole thing is I would build up the four players, and i talk about the pressure of the moment. And in that time, my Millie was – who, who plays in all the AAUs, and you guys all know now, Millie was a baby, and it was on that trip where we was like, I was getting the stroller through, and this lady behind me was all pissed, and I'm like, do you even know what pressure is? Like, this is pressure. Yeah, this is pressure. The kid is, it's got a poopy diaper, and I'm trying to get the freaking, I couldn't get the tr- oh, stroller up and get man. it through the, people so, are mad at yeah, you. Yeah, so they and, thought and it was so funny. You, you brought that in there? Yeah, I, I brought I was, it in there. So, yeah, it just and by the way, it's funny you say this. I started to do under pressures from the sand. They had me going down. So it just all took a life of its own. And what was cool about introductions for players is you're right there, and it would be in my ear. They'd be like, three, two, one, and NBC would start with me. I remember and that. And it would be me on the crowd. Now, you did that a whole lot more than, than I did. Um, yeah. I had um, basically was on tape with um, – I was basically on tape with WPBA stuff. Yeah. So theoretically, if you screw up, you could do it over. But um, there was the times where you were either on CBS yeah. or ABC where I like that was intense. Yeah. Those guys are cursing. No, no, it's and they and you can't. If talk you don't back know it, them, oh, Bob's and they're panicking. yelling in your ear. No, it's gnarly. It is. It's kind of crazy. It's, and they keep talking while you're doing your introductions. They're yelling at you how many seconds you have. It's. It's. For, I mean, I was just young. I hadn't done that. I and, mean, but I, you me did either. NBC all the yeah, time. Here's the thing, like. When I first started, I, I didn't know any of that. Mm. I didn't go to school for it. Nope, they were in the rear. I had no idea. First time I ever did play-by-play for Fox for a Pac-10 game, Polly McPeak. It was her first game. I had the producer yelling at me. I had no idea what he was talking about. Mm. I faked it. And and you basically faked my whole career, and here I am sitting across from Denny. <laughs> but but it's funny because that those moments, a week later, we were in Beijing, and wow. I was announcing the Olympics a week after that under pressure you just saw. And Carrie and Misty were in the finals. This is literally, uh, well, okay, a week later we left. So a yeah. few weeks after because they're in the finals. So you go for that whole two weeks. Um, and it was pouring rain. And the Chinese player in the finals, gold medal match, she's down. They're down. And she knows Carrie and Misty are about to win. She goes for the medical timeout. She would always lay there like she was dead. <laughs> and, and, and there's a monsoon. It's pouring rain. And she's down for like 10 minutes. So I go out and I just start going. And I'm breaking. I'm yelling at all. I'm twenty thousand people. I'm doing my whole thing. I got. I got Vince. I got Vince Vaughn right there in the corner. I'm doing the driving the bus back to Cali. He's uh, everyone. It, what oh, I didn't know was wow. all the Today Show people were in the crowd. Al Roker, Meredith, uh, okay. they're, they're producers. So all of a sudden, I get a call that night. Well, they actually called the USA Volleyball, and they got in touch with me, and they're like, "They want you on the Today Show tomorrow night." What? After Phil and Todd's, if Phil and Todd win, they're going to be on as well. They want you on. They want you to introduce them. And I'm like, I brought one nice outfit. I swear I put this into existence. I dreamt this. I, I had a feeling. I had one nice outfit in case something good happened. Man, I put those slacks on, that shirt. I went. I was, I'd never been more nervous in my life. Wow. So I'm sitting there, and they taped it at night live at night so i'm in my truck i got a truck it's like the women's soccer team and me they had just won gold al roker comes in he's like gator awesome worm you did yeah i'm like oh my god what is happening and by the way we're about to go on and i'm I'm just like and i'll never forget todd rogers looks over at me and he goes dude what is what is wrong with you i've never seen you like this i go dude i don't know like I'm, i'm freaking out so all of a sudden i walk up we're in a commercial they put the earpiece in and they're like we're coming to you and you're coming in. This is NBC. This well, is today's show. They give show. you like 30 seconds? Yeah. They're coming to you. And uh, 
and and um, and Meredith's going to throw to you mm. to introduce Todd and Phil. So she all of a sudden she's like, "Hey guys, Todd, Myers, Phil, Dollhouser, blah blah blah." They're like, "We got a surprise for you. We brought an old friend. They already knew I was there, but throw to me, and I go into the whole thing. And what I'm doing the player what, what, intro. What'd you do? Oh, I did the whole, I did the whole thing. I kind of gave their intro. I was okay. like, "Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, from the day he dropped out of the womb, the doctor looked at the nurse. The nurse looked at the doctor, and the doctor said, this man named the Thin Beast will dominate the world.' And I gave it to Todd Rogers, and I did their whole thing. And I, and I all of a sudden I threw the mic and did the worm, and I got back up in my side. I looked at Al Roker, and I that was for you, Al. And I mean, it was like electric. Oh, and and I have goosebumps thinking about it because it was a moment that brilliant. I like literally dreamt of. And I'm done. And Meredith and Anne are like, oh, this is great. They're like, Phil and Todd are like, oh, my God. Phil and Todd had seen it a yeah. million times. So, so they're like, so they're like and, and, and Meredith's like, aren't you going to miss him? And this is, when it, this, this is when it hit me that people don't even have a clue about beach volleyball. We're, this is NBC. They thought they were going to graduate. No, she's, Todd's like, no, we're seeing him next week in Cincinnati. <laughs> That's what he said. Like, we're on your air, dummy. Yeah, they didn't even know. So here's the deal. I'm like, now I'm like feeling good. I'm not nervous anymore. I'm like, it's the greatest night of my life. I'm going to go party my ass off. Let's go. And all of a sudden, I'm like, getting a hold of the wife. She's watching live. And all of a sudden, like, they come over to me. They're like, producers want to know if you'll stay the whole three hours. Oh. I stayed the whole time. I brought us out of break one time and gave intro. So they're like, we want you to do it for Al, Meredith, and Ann. And I go, well, then you got to give me infos. I want bullet points. What have they done while they're on this trip? Wow. I got bobsledding champion Al Roker. I got all the crazy, and I did full introduction Come on. for them. That is so but good. I, the last half you, hour it, in Beijing, it starts with me, and I'm like, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the audience, and I'm like, it's the last half hour I in Beijing. Yeah, is I know. It, does this live somewhere? It's Yeah, I mean, it's, on, it's, it's, I, it's, I, it's, it's, all, it's funny as I have it somewhere on a DVD. And I was all, I was funny. I was looking for it the other day, and I didn't I didn't go deep enough. But I, I think yeah. it, it used to be on a couple websites, oh. so I know I have the link. Oh, I'd love to Dude, see it that. was like one of my most famous. Did, did, did it, it? It was on my reel for years. Before you, when you got there and and you were hired to announce, yeah. did they know they were getting the full geeter, or were they trying to put a cap on what you did? Olympics? Yeah. Uh, that's such a good question. So, the guy, uh, the the um, Austrian announcer was there as well and we were supposed to trade off and he was a really nice guy but it was funny the head of the FIVB Angelo Squayo, mm -hmm. he was he didn't it was weird he came to me at the end he, he like wanted me to do the finals I felt really bad because mm -hmm. I did the women I wanted Tom to do that so I just I ended up doing both finals mm -hmm. we were totally trading off until until mm -hmm. the end well you know, these things but happen it happens the Olympics yeah and, and, well he was more like just like he wasn't the like Angela wanted so, I mean, so, when I went so it was met under him a the year jurisdiction before. of Angela because yeah. it, was, it was more FIVB than it was IOC that was calling the shots. The year before, okay. I went to Stad with my wife. She was pregnant with Millie. We went on a 10 day trip. We flew, <laughs> funny, we flew from Chicago um, over, and it was the World Championships. And I met with Angelo, and he mm. said, Can you go do something for me? And Jay Gibb and Rosie were playing, and I took the mic, and I went out in Stad. I auditioned for three minutes, and they had this guy, Sasha, was playing for Austria, and he was a monster, and I just went up to his face, and I was <laughs> screaming at him. Those, he knew who I was from AVP, but he never met me, but those Jake and Rosie were like, this is our guy. So I was, just, I was just screaming at him. He's a monster of a man, and I just got the crowd going, basically gave the mic back, and Angela's like, you want to do the Olympics? I'm like, I'm in. We went oh, on our way to Italy. Man. True story. Um, I got asked. I've been real lucky, man. Yeah. <laughs> I got to be know, honest. You know, you talked about something. Some moments, you said, you, I heard you say something about always say yes. Yes. And then figure it out, right? That's what I always and, tell college um, kids and high school kids. And say I, yes. I said no um, to the Atlanta Olympics. Um, In 96? Yeah, because they weren't going to pay me. Well, okay, then you're so, okay to say no there. But, that's but. BS, dude. 
they were just going, no, 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 you come out on your own dime. Imagine that. Place. They're asking you to do the Olympics for free. And by the way, the Olympics don't yeah. pay much at all. I, but it's a more few grand. A, I but wish I, I would have said yes. Back then, you know, now my you uncle, look the back. boxing announcer, yeah. he said no to the first Rocky because no they way. weren't going to pay him enough. And gave it to Buffer, or who did it? One of those guys? My, no, it was. If you've watched the first Rocky, it's some anonymous. No, guy. but he's at uh, he's in Rocky three, my uncle Jim. Dude. So I do have his action figure up there, but he said no to See, Rocky one. But that's one. hard, and Denny, he said, because ninety six. You're 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 trying to make a living, dude. Also, yeah. and like, but yeah, now you 90, look back. Yeah. Right. I wish I would have done it. But I didn't. I always wanted to do one. But always say yes. I, that that kind of hit yes. home. Um, so wait, around this time now, you're you're married. Got married in 04. But 04? Okay. Started dating Jess in 2000. So I had a couple years of announcing. I mean, I was 26. Under your belt. Yeah. 27. It was then when I went to a class in 99 at Santa Monica City College with Lou Riggs. Uh-huh. So I started TV at 28 years old. I love that you were a Corsair for a short time. Yeah, I mean, I was... Where? Corsairs. Santa Monica College. Yeah. Sam, that's their name, the Corsairs? Yeah. Of course, you know that. Uh-huh. Um, well, I went. I went there for ten years. Yeah, I got. I, got my, <laughs> I put in my ten years. Got my associate arts. Dude, degree. I was the oldest guy in the class. Me, Lee Legrand, and Dane Blanton, another oh, volleyball boy. names. We went to that. Took a little broadcasting class. And so it set me on my way. Something about um, that hit me too. I heard you talking somewhere, um, and it's another thing where I was like, "Yep, that's exactly what I tell those that are starting yeah. families. Always say yes to your kids when they want to play. Yeah, like, don't be the one who drives them into the sport. Don't make sure. Don't be yeah. the one who puts all the pressure." But the second they say, hey, you want to go pepper? Hey, do you want to go play? Yeah. No matter what your situation is, yes. you, your answer is? Yeah. That was always my rules. Like, if they want to bump or pepper, mm-hmm. they call it bumping and they're little, you know, you want to mm-hmm. bump the ball? Yes. You know, mm-hmm. and, and, but I would do, I would do some funny things like, uh, you know, I'd be here. Did you I'd, introduce I'd, them? No, I'd see like, <laughs> I'd see, I'd see Millie down the halls is when she was younger and I just kind of like roll the ball. <laughs> Pretend I didn't, and all of a sudden the ball would be there, and she'd see it, be like, "Daddy, you want to bump? Sure, let's go." So, you know, there's a way you can, uh, you know, you kind of uh, I used manipulate to, uh, the situation. I, I think I told the story in the uh, podcast that just aired recently. Um, my son Vaughn, when he was little, yeah. loved wrestling, and he would put on a Hawaiian shirt, but he'd keep yeah. it open, and he called himself Tropical Storm. Oh he'd go, God. "Dad, Dad, introduce me," and then he would go out. And then I would go through this long introduction. Yeah. And now welcome to the front room. That's so tropical. Funny. And then he would fight some pillow for a while. Now, but it's by these the way, kind of things that you want your children. You don't want to push your children into the, yeah. you have to win and be great at this. You want to push them into, this is fun. Wasn't Vaughn a stud volleyball player? Oh, yeah. He was really good. Loyola? Uh, Loyola won a couple titles there. Yeah, and then, right? Then UC San Diego. UC San Diego. He um, destroyed BYU for like uh, um, a national record, or at the time, UCSD record amount of kills. Was um, Vaughn? Got National Player of the Week. The whole where thing. did I see Vaughn playing recently? Uh, oh, I'll tell you where we were. Playing golf, probably. No. Because he's in commercial real estate. So no, I done. thought we were at the beach. Does he go down to Del Mar in September yeah. with the Bullies? Yes, he probably We does. all played a game. Yeah, there you go. Yep. Um, so I, I just liked hearing that. You know, um, it sounds – one of the things I'd always say to my kids when I was coaching them it, when they'd ask about the game is you want me to talk like a dad or like a coach? Oh, I like that. So I gave them the power to, and as a dad, my point was be a good team member, have good sportsmanship. That's good. But then as a coach, it's like, yeah, I would have taken you out too. Yeah. You know, um, but uh, it it sounds like you've strode that line. Although there's a couple of us that are in the room, including my producer who might notice that there's was one parent on the exclusive and elite AAU beach volleyball tour. That might come into the tent to check out the seeds. By the way, see who's do you know how many I fixed? <laughs> None. 
I have fixed two in my lifetime, both last year, back-to-backers. One was USA Volleyball. Of course. They did it wrong. Mm -hmm. I knew it. Mm -hmm. What are you supposed to do? Lay back and let it play. Nope. Told Send them your daughter to, in to make the change. So, yeah. So the la- And then one time I had to go to Christine. Mm. It wasn't, well, Christine was sitting there, I believe. And I was like, they had us third in the pool and we were first in the pool. Love it. So. Okay, that's it's, fair. It's, it's good for you. It's different. I, I, just, I, I mean, I, I to like me, I'm like, but they had us losing a game instead of winning. The girl, you know, it's a 10 year, 11 year old girl wrote down the wrong score. So I'm like, God, how are we? So I had to go say like, what? And I just showed. Oh, actually, first. So, you know, definitely, um, it's a curse. And it, your daughter, it's a curse knowing you, what bracket's gonna. I I, I know your, it before everybody else. Your it's daughter, amazing. Daughter carries on uh, traits, if not curses, in in the pregame <laughs> meetings. She has plenty to say about lots of things. Um, so, two thousand six, two thousand eight, that whole yeah. range. You start getting play by play jobs. How did um, how did you make the transition before that? Actually, from a MC guy, yeah. to a play by play guy. How did how did that happen? So, in two thousand two thousand one. I'm starting to get some play-by-play stuff with CSTV, which is now CBS College Sports, doing like a women's basketball game, a lot mm-hmm. of women's volleyball, 2002, 2003. 2004, Fox Sports West names me the play-by-play for women's volleyball Pac-10. Mm. Did that for a year. Then, I, then the next year they're giving me high school football. So I was the high school football play-by-play. So then all of a sudden that's when the ball starts rolling. So I would say okay. oh. Five is when it oh four oh five balls rolling by oh six, now it's really rolling. Sideline reporting, a um, lot of play by play, and it was two thousand six that I quit my athletic director teaching job. Got it. And you were eighty at what school? Uh, Wildwood. At Wildwood. Yeah, uh, I think I remember that. So okay. I left, and I was thirty five years old. Mm. Basically said I'm doing TV full time at thirty five. Way to go. Yeah, that's following. It was definitely that's, that's a leap of faith. A, yep. Leap of faith, man. I get that. I mean, I get it. Talk about betting on yourself, mm-hmm. or, or I don't know. I don't know if it's stupid I'm in the or same not, world. It, right it now. worked, but yeah, it's uh, it was it was like I said, a lot of I had a lot of you know at that time, you know Fox Sports had had Pac-10, they had the Dodgers, they had the Angels, they had the Lakers, they had the Clippers. So there was tons to do, and I was on one of their guys that they used for everything. Mm. So I got a lot of gigs, and then ESPN, I started doing some stuff. CBS College Sports, there's. A, all of a sudden, the Longhorn Network starts in 2011, and I have an in because Jarrett's the coach. So I was doing everything, anything I could. What led to the Laker job? How'd you, how, how did that leapfrog there? So they started their own network, Time Warner Cable Sports at the time, started a new regional sports network, mm-hmm. um, and they left Fox Sports. And I was full-time when it happened with Fox West. Okay. And in that time they started kind of recruiting me a little bit and I was maybe more going to leave and do sideline for the Lakers. Um, little did I know that they were ever never really going to offer me because they didn't think I would leave a big job to go just sideline. Mm. I didn't know that. My bosses told me later. And you've always been a Laker fan. Always been a Laker fan. So I was like, Oh my God, this could be a huge opportunity. So I was kind of meeting with them on the side. And then all of a sudden, uh, whoever they were, you know, the network was going to start October 1st. This is in July. Whoever they were looking what, at. What year, Gator? Uh, 2012. Okay. Whoever they were looking at to be the host and the anchor, it fell through. And in that meeting, there were six people. And one of the guys was a guy named Jared Stacy, who just left our company. And he and I had worked together. And he just told the story when he left the company. He went over to Amazon to start the sports department. He, um, he, he told the story at his going away thing. And he talked about how relationships throughout the business are important. And how he and I were doing games on ESPN2 
in the dead of winter in Idaho State versus who knows who, Utah the State, the Vandals. and I would be the play-by-play with Holly McPeak as my analyst, and Jarrett was producing. And he's in that meeting, and he goes, Chris McGee can do that job. And all those guys were like, yeah. And they called Tim Harris at the Lakers because yeah. Tim was a big advocate of mine. They said, well, what would you think of Geeter for the hosting anchor job instead of sideline? And Tim said, absolutely. Next thing you know, I got a text from Tim saying, how would you like to be the face of the network the instead? Heck, More money, no travel, happy wife. I was literally in Tahoe on a trip in July, and I was like, ah! just started, we all started celebrating. That's how I got wow. the job. By the, way, by the way, I hadn't done studio, but what do you say? You yes. say yes. You say yes. And well-deserved because, you know, you've... <clears throat> it's like when people go, wow, that comic actor can do drama. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course you can do that. You've done, in effect, that in a, in a roundabout exactly. way for a long time. It's acting. You find a way to do it. And, and then you it. come in yeah. and... Um, so, so now I've you're a lot. getting to sit Lo- yeah. with some of these guys that are yeah. you, uh, the guys like I mean, D Fish. That's the thing on. that you'll probably and James Worthy understand the most is these guys that we loved wow. in, in the '80s and the '70s, and you know, I'll never forget. I, I tell this story all the time to, to to kids. I was on the we had this couch, and it was early, probably a month into the network, and on set was James, Byron, <laughs> Kareem. And Rambus. Wow. And I'm doing like a talk with them. And my phone at the time, I had it in my pocket, and it was vibrating. Texts were going. People were watching and texting. It was pretty funny. And I'll never forget, because I a commercial break, and I look, and I see my brother's text, and it said, if I would have told you at 12 years old that you'd be sitting with <laughs> those guys, Kareem. Jeez. Oh, it was Magic, my favorite. It wasn't Rambus. And, and, and Magic, who was my all-time, he goes, you would have pissed your pants. Yeah. And I'm like, that amazing. So I've always told that You're story. You're like, I'm like, pissing my pants? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was amazing. Um, did, did, did it also come with that? Did the Galaxy come with that as well? Is so, yeah, because like they're part of the network. Sparks part of the network. So okay. I had to learn how to how to host uh, soccer, something um, I never played. How, was it tough going about. through the down years? <clears throat> yeah, brutal. You're the first face they see. Mm-hmm. For all these losing seasons, mm-hmm. and Twitter's coming of age, mm. and message boards and things I didn't really know about, and all of a sudden, people are calling you a hack, and people are mm-hmm. mf and you, and you know, people also are saying nice things, but there's things out there, yeah, and uh, you start to go, whoa, 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 like I'm a like fantasy, you know what I mean? So, uh, I had to really get through a lot of that, wearing it emotionally on air, and learning how to get through that, and then when Luke was the coach, who's also a good friend of mine. And he's getting hammered, and people are coming after. Uh, I had to really. Last year was tough on me. Mm-hmm. Really, really tough. Because LeBron took effect came, on, and then yeah, and it was just a brutal year. He gets hurt, and mm-hmm. everyone's blaming everybody, and firing all the rumors, and uh, Magic steps away, and it was just a brutal time. And I literally like it. it, it my wife, I'll never forget talking last season. Like she's like, you're, you're wearing this too much. Like it's affecting you at home, and I'll never forget. It was April 9th. I stopped tweeting. I stopped. The Lakers were done. And I walked away for a couple. I, I, I did the shows, and I, yeah. but I stopped being emotionally. I, I, I detached a little bit emotionally. And I came back this season, and I've never felt like this before. I'm clear-headed. I'm not focused on wins or loss. I'm, I'm just call, I'm calling what I see. I'm happy either way. Of course, I want them to win. Don't get me sure. wrong. They're 35 and 9. It's like yeah. the greatest thing ever. It's, it's the easiest job in the world when they're winning and everyone's watching now. The you know, ratings are sky high. But it, it was a mindset that, that changed for me. When those um, things were going in the wrong direction, how much yeah. of it are you a journalist and how much are you restricted? In other words, can you comment yeah. on Magic so, stepping away? Can that's you a do, great, like, great question. So 
one thing about the job that I have is you have to remember I am we are partners with the Los Angeles Lakers. Mm -hmm. Now they aren't the ones that pay me. The network pays me. Those are my bosses, but we're partners with them. By proxy, yeah. And and you know, my job is to tell the truth but also spin things in a good you know, I'm 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 always gonna try to find the the positives and things, and that's just me by nature anyway. But when they're losing and, and they're winning 18 games, you got to also tell the truth. Mm-hmm. So, so I did a pretty good job of that, um, I always thought, navigating through that. I, don't th- I think in the beginning it was hard, but we learned our way of how to have fun and tell the truth, be critical without hammering. Sure. Um, so, yeah, that, that time, by the way, didn't do one radio request. Mm. I shut everybody down. Not one TV request. I didn't do one thing on the Lakers. Didn't tweet. Didn't give an opinion mm-hmm. from April 9th until until uh, until training camp started. Wow! I stayed away. So you, your your head got clear. By the way, it was the best thing ever. Like, what what was I going to say on on the radio? Mm-hmm. The only thing I could say would get me fired. Like, uh, only thing I could do is make a mistake, say something that maybe someone hears and goes, mm. "That didn't sound." You know what I mean? Like, who knows? I mean, I was frustrated. I was, you know, like. You know, my friend had been it was gone. Also, Luke was gone, and, and the Lakers were in turmoil, and I had opinions. But I also said, like, dude, this is not my job to, to, to give an opinion on that. That's, it really isn't. Mm-hmm. So step away. And I did. One of the things. And now it's, now it's a blast. I often um, do is, because uh, I've seen you there, is go to these hot yogas. And, yeah, you know, buddy. across the country don't always understand, but it's like 115-degree room. Yeah, it's and awesome. And you're lifting weights in there. And yeah, you're doing this thing. So but fun. I went to one, and you're there, and so yeah. is Luke Walton. Yeah. And there comes a point where the, the instructor will go, okay, you know. Yeah. Um, so how do your neighbor or high yeah. five your neighbor? And most of the time, nobody does. Yeah. They just kind of like stand yeah. down. And both of you like lit the room up. <laughs> like you turned around, and you're That's like high fiving three people. And Luke was acting like such a coach. Oh, yeah. He's Luke's like, hey, a good job. Good yeah, job yeah, over yeah. there. He's I was unbelievable. like, wow, this is way He's actually better really fun to work out with. He's the announcer he, and coach so of the Lakers. He really is a great guy. Yeah. And it's awesome. That's yeah. it. Was, it was so funny. You guys lit the room up. I was like, we got this announcer and the uh, coach of the I'll Lakers. I high five my neighbors today. That's funny you said that. Um, So. Today's sports. Yeah, you're watching your daughter, yeah. and you're watching, um, and you can look at it from your perspective. Daughters, even my little ones. Your daughters, yeah, Luca. Um, single sport athletes. Yeah, it's a it's a tough time to be, I think, on some levels, a young athlete because you get so much adult pressure. Yeah. to focus on one sport. Bums me out. And there's a downside to it, which is that overuse syndrome. Bums me out. And and then there's the downside mentally. Yeah. And and how do you you know how do you go about this with your youngsters? Let well, alone you're, 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 you know you're in a position to speak to it. Luca still plays basketball. She's in third grade. Millie quit hoops after mm. fourth. Quit soccer after fourth. Mm. And went straight because now there's beach and indoor, and it's like it bummed me out. I'll be honest with you on on a little bit of a level because. I just miss it. I yeah. miss having those other sports, but it's crazy. It was like that's what she wanted to do, and there's not enough time to do them all. It's crazy now. So, like, you know, I, I didn't know the beach would hit like this where yeah. it yeah. becomes all summer. There's major tournaments, and it affects your travel schedule. With your fa- it's, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, our lives last couple of years have been built around, and it's, it's, it's insane really to think about it like that. So it, it is – you hit it on the head. There's some there's some downsides to it, and it's funny. Like, you know, I have girls that I know that are training three doors a week, three days a week indoor, two three days a week beach, and I'm like, and they're like, well, how come Millie's not in a beach club yet? And I'm like, because she's playing indoor club, and she plays tournaments on the weekends, or she'll yeah. train once in a while with Patty or Holly or whatever. And uh, it's 
cool. She's 12. It's, it's, an, like, it's an interesting landscape out there because yeah. I think what eventually has to happen is um, there's already plenty of data in yeah. on the overuse syndrome. Yep. But it, it seems like there's almost going to have to be a generation that grows up from being yeah, overused, overused that then stops the next generation from being overused I because know, that's really what it. it is. They're wearing down you know those muscles that I, they use repetitively. I don't want my oldest to burn out. It's too many ribs. It, it scares me and yeah. you know I want it to still be fun and so I, I battle back and forth with it because, yeah. like, where do you draw the line on a lesson or a private or a semi or something? Because she wants to go. I, I don't yeah. know. It's I battle with it, and you got you, you yep. guys are in it, and and you see it, AAU tournaments, CBVAs, yeah, whatever. Like you guys see it more than anybody. We're in the hotbed of it. So for people that listen to this outside of Southern California, it's, well, it's, you it's, would understand uh, football in Texas. You it, would understand basketball yes, in Indiana at a or young Kentucky, age. At that young age, like because. Because you're in pads at five years old in in, in Texas. It's like Little you know, League, man. People yeah. are out there, and the parents are, yeah. and they're so, fighting for partners. But and, out here, yeah, and, and out here in Southern California, it's a it's a volleyball. It's volleyball. It's volleyball you know, for girls, especially it's, it's for girls, especially. And, and it's it's a lot of parents that are like, you know, where we live in a society where it's like you want you want everything now. I want to keep up with the Joneses. Mm-hmm. Oh, this person's training. I've had so many. Oh my God, they're training here. She looks so good, and I'm like. I try to tell these parents, I'm always like, guys, like, everyone develops differently. Uh, you improve at your own rate. Like, she's right. been playing a year, so she's obviously going to have a huge jump. Like, you know what I mean? It's hard to explain. So I guess I'm kind of over trying to yeah. educate so many family fr- uh, friends of our family where I just go, I can't do it anymore. You have a unique perspective in that you've probably interviewed and certainly I've had yeah. multiple conversations with Kobe. Yeah, And for you're sure. with Karch, Cry. Yeah. And these are two... Um, unbelievably yeah. transcendent players in their respective sports, but they both played a lot of sports growing up. Kerry, too. And Kerry, too. I look at Kerry. Yeah. Kerry loved so baseball, played hoops. Right. Played hoops in high school. And that's something. <gasps> but also, there wasn't the beach thing, really, for them back then, like, too much. And that's... Yeah. You know, I got, you would talk to Butch, you know, and he'll say, Butch May, for those that don't know, that's Misty May Trainer's father. And Butch was a great volleyball mind and coach and his mm-hmm. wife. And they, Barbara, they raised her on the courts. And, you know, but it's funny. Butch is like, she doesn't have any really medals from 12 years old. But there also wasn't that many opportunities. No, there wasn't. So you were playing in adult tournaments. Millionaire Friends played in 30 tournaments probably in 2019. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you count AAU, <laughs> CBVA, all of them. Yeah. AVP, yeah, it's a lot of tournaments. Speaking of a tournament, yeah, one that's a lot of fun that's unique to Southern California yep. is the Manhattan, what's known uh-huh. as the Manhattan Six Man, uh-huh. right? Um, so that's beach volleyball and it's adult. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. It used to be a lot more adult than it Man, is, is now. It once the now there's a junior one moving down on it, but yeah. tell tell the uh, listeners a little bit about Team Fletch. Team Fletch started in 1995, mm-hmm. and um, it was a group of friends from this area, Manhattan Beach, Hermosa Beach, Santa Monica, the Palisades. Uh, and it was really just a group of guys that kind of some grew up together, some played college together. And then we kind of came from different walks of life. And we created Team Fletch because we all loved the movie Fletch. Mm-hmm. We were all boys. And uh, <laughs> the Six Man is a tournament it, unlike any other if you want to Google it and YouTube it because you dress up in outfits. Right. So our outfits, because we all love the Lakers, was Team Fletch. Remember in the dream sequence, the dream he's, sequence. he's a Laker uh-huh. with the fro. Yeah. So we all wore Afros and Laker jerseys. So and good. it just started as like a group of us, and it just grew. And, 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 and you grew. got some good players. And so we won five titles. Everybody be watching. In you 20 late. years. That's, 
hilarious. Yeah. And Luke Walton would play for you. And then as as it grew, so. Luke came over, Richard Jefferson. We started yes. getting NBA guys. Pete Carroll was on our team for a while. <laughs> I mean, Kurt Rambis, That's James so Worthy. That's so fun. Yeah. Um, no, I wanted to make sure that got in. There's um, – there's something I do want to yeah. explore. It's it's things like the Manhattan Six Man, mm-hmm. the Gillis, what we did with the Venice Backyard Championships, things like it's that. It's a culture that, that it it really brings people Family. together. Yeah, that in, in a unique way that you know everybody remembers. Um, tell me a little about Tour de Pier. Tour de Pier is awesome. Um, Heath and Mandy Gregory, a family uh, in Manhattan Beach. Our kids go to school together. Mm-hmm. Um, they were like everybody you know you know, touched by the disease of cancer. Mm-hmm. Mandy lost her brother, mm. and uh, they ended up starting this uh, foundation with two other families, the Hirschbergs, the Mannheims, okay. and also losing a parent and a sibling to mm. cancer. And it was seven years ago now, they had the first Tour de Pier, and it was spin bikes uh, right by the Manhattan Beach Pier, with a stage with with instructors and five different hours and you ride for one hour so you get a team of five people and you raise money for your bike okay. and each hour is a different theme love healing what whatever and okay. and it just has grown to this you know it they made i think 300 grand the first year 500 the next 700 when i started emceeing it the first year they cleared a million now they're up to two million a year uh more and more people come in the community. That, that's your ten percent's a lot bigger. It's, a, it's 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 unreal. And now they do it in Seattle. That's, Last year was the first year in oh, Seattle. That's great. What a and great they story. raise money, and it is all. And but the people behind it, you know, man, they, it's it's a year round thing for them. Mm-hmm. I show up on the day, and I show up to the board meetings, and I'll help out. And but they're the ones who mm-hmm. really put the time and the effort into it, and get behind it. And you know, yep. why like, do you like, ride? Is like, there? It, why do you ride? Is their campaign? And it's. I ride for my aunt who passed away from breast cancer. I, I I ride for my brother who passed away. You know, it's everybody's got a story. People need a spokesperson. With that disease, just like the venerable Lakers franchise, yeah, the greatest man. in all the sports, needs a spokesperson out need front. Need it. Need it. They so. need it there. All right. So um, I'm going to keep you for a little bit longer. Yep. Not too much because I know you got to go host. We got we got we got a pregame show. You ready? Some mm-hmm. rapid fire questions. Love it. And then a pop culture quiz, and I'll let you choose what okay. you get. All right. So you gotcha. ready? Yep. Rapid fire. Yeah. First pet. Tiffany the dog. First car. Oh, gold Dodge Omni. And when it died in the rain on Zelza Avenue, my sophomore year of college, the team made a card and gave it to me because the Dodge Omni was legendary. <laughs> Favorite sports team as a kid? Lakers. Nickname is Dodgers, kid. too. Nickname as a kid? You know what? Geeter was the only nickname I ever had, and it started my uh, junior year of high school. Favorite board game? Ooh, dude, we used to play Risk. Mm, nice, that's a good pull. Yeah. Favorite main dish? Wait, I gotta go back up. Ooh. I gotta tell you something because you'll like it. Yeah. Mine, Stratomatic. Oh no, was that? Oh, no, no, no. Can I you, change? Do you know Stratomatic? Stratomatic baseball. My brother and I the played ever. my whole childhood. Hold on, Stratomatic baseball. I'm gonna do a whole no, 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 investigative no, no, I'm done. series. I'm done. Yeah. There, there, there should be a 30, I, 30 I, on Stratomatic. Me, me and a friend of mine played almost an entire season. It's we why I know every lineup games. for the Royals, Cardinals, Dodgers, yep. and Yankees Crazy. from like 1975 got the to classic ones with the 27 yes. Yanks and the 53 yes. Dodgers. Brilliant. Okay. I knew you'd like that. Yep. Favorite main dish? Dude. that's You can do it. Favorite main dish? Mm-hmm. God, it's changed over the years. Um, how about this? If I'm in, if I'm, go, if, they, if, they, if they're, if they're going to, yeah, if, if I'm, if it's my last supper. Right. Exactly. 
Dude, I got to go a fat steak. Well, I, I, I don't. That's my choice. Favorite I dessert. fat steak with some mac and cheese. Ooh. Oh. All right. Favorite uh, dessert. Oh, mud pie. Oh, I love it. Favorite movie. Well, I mean, Fletch is up there, obviously. Hoosiers. Okay. Shawshank Redemption. I got to give you just a couple different ones. Favorite musical group. Ooh, growing up, it was uh, it was the Who and Cheap Trick. Um, now I've just really branched out. I love everyone, but I'd say like my favorite all time band. Mm-hmm. Uh, Queen, man, I mm. loved Queen growing up. All right, favorite author. Ooh, Hemingway. Favorite professional athlete. Magic Johnson was my idol for many, 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 many years. Where'd you meet your wife? Hermosa Open, 1997. What was your first date? 2000. She ended up, she graduated Santa Barbara. She was a little young then. (laughs) She graduated Santa Barbara, started substitute teaching at Wildwood where I was at. And our first date was a triathlon. We watched the Kings Lakers, went to Good Stuff for Lunch in Manhattan Beach, went to a movie that night. What movie? Don't even know. It was okay. terrible. McGregor. Uh, Owen McGregor was in it. So it was <laughs> What's your favorite word? Gnarly. What's your favorite quote? When preparation meets opportunity. Mm, that's luck. That's what they call it. Very good. Okay, you get one of three <clears throat> of the best television shows of all time, as distinguished by the Sports Story staff. And then uh, three questions. It's either going to be the Waltons. It was on CBS from 72 to 81. Mm-hmm. Emmys, Peabody. Right. Yeah. We know the story, my, right? My favorite show is White Shadow. Second choice, Magnum P.I., which is Tom determined Selle, the course. top story. Yeah. I mean, the top show of all time. Yeah. Or The White Shadow. No way. Yeah. <laughs> White Shadow. A lot of people know. Didn't have a long run, right? No, it did not. But it did not Groundbreaking. Have a, Groundbreaking. Let's see what did I write about it. Retired pro basketball player takes over a predominantly black team in South South Central Los Angeles. It's a groundbreaking drama created by Bruce Paltrow. Oh, yeah. Uh, Gwyneth's dad. Gwyneth's dad. He also did, like, St. Elsewhere. Coach Reeves apparently tore his ACL with the Bulls and could never play again. Wow, you're beaten. Okay. Yeah, sorry. What was the name of the high school? Carver. Yep. Uh, For a bonus, name three of their players. Well, uh, the white guys were Salami, (laughs) Goldstein, and Gomez, and then you have Jackson, Coolidge, Thorpe, oh, okay. Hayward. You, you scored many. All right, what? Uh, <laughs> How do I do? That's so far so good. What NBA team did Ken Reeves play for? Uh, Bulls. Yeah. What college? Oh, whoa! Was that ever in there? Uh-huh. Shoot! I'll give you a hint. Gosh darn it! How I'll do give I you not a hint. know this? The principal that hired him played at the S- same college with him. Sybil Buchanan and the other guy. Um, she was the principal after he left. Oh man. Good. Good. This is solid, that's, dude. That's you bonus. may have got. I'm I'm texting my buddies after this because I'm pissed. I don't. Can you give me like a? Is it a? Is it a Cali school? It's a Catholic school. Is it? It's not a. Oh, not a California school. Nope. St. Joe's. Boston College. Darn it. Yep. All right. What was the name of the character that played the vice president that Ken constantly clashed with? Sybil Buchanan. I mean, the vice vice principal, rather. Sybil Buchanan was her name. And this is a tough one. Can you name her real name? No. Joan Pringle. But Darn you, it, I should you, be able to. Yeah, you know why? Because back then it would like right across. That's a good call by you. Man, that was, you did well. Did I do all right? That. You did well on that. Hey, this was. I love really... that you guys have that on the show. <laughs> on the, you guys you, usually I force Magnum down everybody's throat. I know you and do. they're like, what? Dude, and, it's funny. Like, I, know, I would know Magnum like that. And I loved Magnum. 
but I don't know, man. White Shadow was White Shadow and Fletcher. I like, had two. I've gone as Coolidge for Navy Halloween. guys on and asked them, like, what uh, branch of the military did Magnus serve for? And they, they, I'm like, he's your patron saint, dude. Like, they didn't know. Well, yeah, yeah, especially the one guy who runs the Heroes Movement, he, and he, him, he said so he got home to Michigan and he started watching it, and he, he would start texting me. He goes, dude, I'm so in deep. I'm so I hooked. These guys. Yeah. Magnum was. Legendary. I love these guys. Hey, you're legendary. Legit. Been a pleasure, guys. By. Pleasure. Super And I made my either. jumper. Yeah, and you knocked it. Marley knew exactly where I'm to put get it though for me. I mean, you know, right I think, in my bread basket. Dude. I think uh, Bowley's in France right now watching his son play, but when he gets back. Uh, Hayden's over there. Yeah. That's awesome. So he took off for that, but when he gets back, it's going to be my first text. Geeter. You know, uh, 17 least, feet probably. At least Geeter hit right? I was a little past the. I was a little past the free throw line. <laughs> Drained it. Love you, buddy. Thank in you. motion. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. So good. That was fun. Thanks for watching and listening. Sports Stories with Denny Lennon is produced by me, Marley Rice, and Christine Jinbo, and edited by bad boy Bobby McCall. Original music courtesy of Lennon Music Production and original images courtesy of Sienna Lennon Photography. A big thank you to all of our contributors of the show. Sports Stories with Denny Lennon is a production of Sports Stories, Inc. and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, or wherever you watch and listen. Make sure you press that subscribe button, give us a review, leave a comment. It will really help us grow the show. And you know what else will help us grow the show? Head on over to patreon.com slash Denny Lennon to get some never-before-seen videos, pictures, interviews, and so much more. We are all over social media and constantly sending out clips on Facebook, conducting fun polls on Twitter, going live on Instagram, and more. To find all of our social media links, head on over to sportsstoriespodcast.com. SSDL proudly supports the My Stuff Bags Foundation and the Heroes Movement. Links to how you can support and help these foundations can be found on our website. We also want to give a big thank you to all of our partners of the show. So, as Coach Lennon would say, any questions, comments, or concerns, you can email me, Marley, at info at sportsstoriespodcast.com. We want to thank all of our followers and listeners, and we will see you next time. Check it out, book! <laughs>